don't have to have all the answers. Do you know what you're interested in? Do you know what you want to do? And you quite simply you get a yes or a no. I'm a mum of a 13-year-old and a 16-year-old. Um, my middle daughter doesn't know what she wants to do, so she's applied to six forms, two colleges and even apprenticeships. Hello and welcome back to the Parent Perspective podcast brought to you by Amazing Apprenticeships and Not Going to Uni. I'm Rachel Burden and this is the podcast that gives you, the parents and carers, everything you need to know to help your children make the right choices after leaving school. From apprenticeships to traineeships, work experience, how to fund your choice, whatever role you play in supporting your child, we've got you covered. You can find us on the Amazing Apprenticeships website or wherever you get your podcasts from, and you can join the conversation on social media too. I'm really excited about this episode because I think it's going to reveal a lot about apprenticeships in an area that we don't necessarily always associate them. It's all about the public sector and what part apprenticeships play in the future of the workforce there, which, as anyone will know at the moment, is hugely important, uh, not just for the health and well-being of the country, but for the economy as well. So delighted to say joining me now, Lucy Hunt, who's the National Programme Manager for Apprenticeships at NHS England. Hello, Lucy. Hello. Great to have you here. And Grace Bernard Broadrek, who is the Outreach Team Lead at the Metropolitan Police. Morning, Grace. Good morning. How are you? I'm not Rachel? too bad. And it's brilliant to have you uh, both with us and such an important um, area of employment for us to talk about this morning with such a range of opportunities as well across the board. So let me start by asking both of you how the organisations you work for, how their attitude towards apprenticeships has really changed in recent years. Lucy, do you want to tell us how important they are now within the NHS? Um, they're incredibly important now for us. Um, I mean, since the implementation of the levy, for once we had this kind of ring fence pot of money to spend. So that's always been really, really positive for us. Um, to give some context, I think 2016 we had just over a thousand apprenticeship starts, um, and we're now up to almost over 120,000. So um, it's definitely grown. That is a um, massively, and Lucy. That's huge. I had no idea that there'd been such growth. Yep. Um, and it's been year on year and we're offering them from level two right up to master's level now. And it really is giving us the opportunity to meet our critical workforce needs. So, for example, obviously, you know, huge gaps around nursing. We've now got 9000 nursing apprentices on programme. So it really, really is a positive change for us. And can you give us an idea how the extent of, it, of apprenticeships has broadened in that time, the different roles that are on offer now? So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, my experience when I talk to young people, they think the NHS is all about clinical roles, but we've got obviously huge back office functions in each of the hospitals, um, biggest employer in the country. Um, so in terms of kind of IT, the people professions, estates and facilities, engineering, ele electrical, plumbing, childcare, you name it, you know, there's 350 different job roles in the NHS. And last year we had over 100 different apprenticeships being used. Right across the board. So you don't have to be, for example, committed to a career in medicine itself. It might just be that you're interested in yeah. working in a team, um, working in a sort of big, challenging, but very rewarding work environment. Yep, definitely. And I think, you know, with the huge growth in kind of AI and data and the importance of that, you know, I think 
we really would like to be seen to be the employer of choice for young people because we're welcoming those skills and quite often no young people that I talk to have any idea that you can do apprenticeships in the NHS they still think it's kind of plumbing and hairdressing no disrespect to those professions or trades at all but yeah it's a the apprenticeship program has really changed over the last few years. Well, this is what this podcast is all about. It's all about opening people's eyes to the huge range of opportunities that are available out there. Um, that That's fascinating. I mean, genuinely, I had no idea about the breadth of opportunities within the NHS. And what about for you then, Grace? Give us a sense again of how these roles have grown in the Met Police. Um, As you know, the Met is a large organisation and we want to ensure that we're providing career opportunities to help our new recruits feel more skilled, valued and also confident within their roles. So having apprenticeship programmes means that we're catering for everyone. So we've got like a range of apprenticeships as well, uh, similar to the NHS. So we've got our police constable degree apprenticeship programme, which is the frontline role. But outside of that, we have got uh, police staff roles as well, which cover from marketing, IT, uh, accounting, media and comms, etc. So we've got quite a nice breadth of uh, different roles. And we also have systems in place within the Met um, where we support these new recruits, such as the Met Buddy Scheme and Staff Support Associations as well. So everyone's feeling really positive in terms of the new recruits coming in and how we can support them as well. Yeah, well, maybe talk a bit about buddy schemes in a moment. Um, but again, similar to to Lucy it's not just about being a police officer on the front line then and if you don't feel that's the role for you but you're curious about other opportunities within the police there is great depth in the workforce behind the scenes isn't there Yes, 100%. A lot of people, when they think of the Met, they just think frontline. But outside of that, we have got so many different roles. We are one of the largest employers within London, which, because as, as you know, London is a very, very big city. So we've got different roles within the Met that are back office as well as frontline. And even once you join, uh, if you're frontline, there's opportunities for you to grow outside of that once you finish your probation as well. And I think we'll cover that a little bit later as well. Absolutely, yeah. Um, we, you, you mentioned, Lucy, that the challenges the NHS is finding in recruiting, and we know about it, we talk about it in the media a lot. How does the offer of apprenticeships help solve that? Well, I think it's kind of a two-pronged approach for us. Apprenticeships mean that we can obviously attract new talent into the NHS, but they're also a fantastic tool to upskill the existing workforce. So in terms of kind of widening participation and social mobility, we've seen a real impact for people that couldn't necessarily have afforded to give up work and go back to university to do a degree. Now, via the degree apprenticeship route, they're getting the opportunity to fulfil their dreams. So I think, you know, both strands are really, really important, but I do think they're a fantastic opportunity for people of all ages. So that's a really important element to this. Um, If you're talking about older people further on in their careers, either switching careers or who are already working within the organisation, these opportunities are open to them. Yep, definitely. Any parents listening to this, when I go out and do careers advice at school, I do have teachers and parents coming up to me saying, you know, am I too old? And categorically no I just went to a graduation of a 60 year old nurse recently Um, there wasn't a dry eye in the house so I do think that apprenticeships give people the opportunity to realise their dreams at whatever stage in life. That's amazing and is that the same in the Met Grace? 
Yes, um, definitely. So we've got like in terms of um, our apprenticeship program, so it runs from 18 plus right through to 57 as well. And the reason why we've got it up to 57 is because there's a cap in terms of legislation and also pension, but literally anyone can join. So if you're a career changer, you can also join. If you're just coming right out of school, you can also join because we're looking for diverse skill sets because with people, when they come in, they bring in all the different qualities, different skills. And also it means that we're better able to cater to London as well. Mm. So you're looking specifically for the kind of, talents that are available to you but I guess the the roles that you need for that particular geographical location right yes um definitely so I would say because you know London is quite diverse so there's we call them basic command units there's like 12 of them and when you look at London certain areas will have you know high demographics for instance in the black community so for us to be able to better police London I think it's important that we have Londoners uh, applying and joining, if that makes sense. And then having uh, younger people means that we've got fresh ideas, we've got people that are coming in with new experiences, but also having that slightly older workforce means that we're having people that have a range of skills um, that could support the organisation as well. So both of you have mentioned degree apprenticeships, and maybe let's talk about that now, because it's not just about that, but they are obviously a very attractive option for a lot of people. The police degree apprenticeship, give us a few more details of that. And what kind of level do you need to be at, Grace, to even think about applying for a a role? With our police constable degree apprenticeship programme, it's a three-year programme. And uh, in terms of the qualifications that you need for our police constable degree apprenticeship programme, you need an English GCSE grades four to nine. Uh, or grades A to C uh, or functional or anything that's equivalent. So that would be like a level two functional skills. If you do not have the functional skills, we'll be able to support you to get functional skills. Also must have maths. If you don't have it, we'll support you get it whilst you're doing the program. Then you need to have uh, two A-levels. If you don't have two A-levels that are between A to C, you can go on to our other programs, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But you need two A-levels or equivalents. So that will be like a BTEC level three. And this could be in any subject area. It doesn't have to be policing related. So during the three years, our recruits will basically uh, be doing a mix of uh, in-uni uh, learning as well as on-the-job learning. So it's kind of like a vocational course where they're putting into practice everything that they're learning. So in the first year, they will go to university for um, 17 weeks where they're learning about the initial police learning, safeguarding, legislation, all of that good stuff. Then once they've finished that, they will then start on the vocational side where they will be working alongside experienced officers. They're going to start on street duties, working their way up to different um, rotations where they will uh, get an opportunity to work in response, work on safe neighbourhoods and also support the uh, criminal investigations team as well. Once they've completed that, in the second year, this will now be focused on a lot more uh, rotations around the organisation. And then in the third year, this is now focused again on rotations. And then they'll also have an opportunity to do a dissertation. So the dissertation is a 10,000 word uh, essay. This is for their degree element, because as part of our our programme, they will uh, attain a Bachelor of Science in Professional Policing Practice. So as part of our programme, they'll be earning, they'll they'll have a starting salary of 33,500 Um, which is quite a lot of money for someone who's, you know, starting out. They will also get free travel um, after 12 weeks as well. 
if they don't meet the, the qualifications for that, we've got what we call the MET Gateway Program. So this MET Gateway Program will basically give those people that are interested um, the qualifications to be able to then go through to our police constable degree apprenticeship program. If, again, they don't meet that, we've got two other programs that they could do. So you've got access to policing program. And then outside of that, we've got our initial police learning development program, which is our traditional route where the training is done at MET training centres. So in other words, if you don't succeed initially by the degree apprenticeship route, don't give up. There may be other options still to pursue that or to go down a, a different route altogether. And just to yes. clarify, that starting salary, that's presumably when you've completed your training and you begin your role. No. So this is actually when you're starting. So this is your starting salary. So, from so this day is what one, you earn while you're doing your degree. You're, this is what you're earning whilst you're doing your degree. And also bear in mind, our degree is fully funded. So it's a debt-free degree. If I was 18 again, I would do it because the amount of debt that I've incurred. So when I, whenever I go into schools, colleges, I'm always encouraging the youth you know you should try and do this apprenticeship program you have nothing to lose at all uh, by doing this program it's an opportunity for you to gain a degree not have any debt and also you know be able to at the same time yeah Yeah, it's an amazing offer it genuinely is and for that reason I'm assuming is it very competitive to get on it yeah, it's quite competitive. But the thing is, within the Met, we are trying to cater to all the people that are interested. So what what, what we have is we've got intakes roughly every month, apart from December. So for those that are interested, they could literally apply. The only thing is the application process can be quite lengthy. So what we advise uh, parents is if your child is interested, they should start the application process when they're 17 plus because the process can be quite lengthy, but they can only start the job once they're 18. Okay, understood. There's a lot to take on there. I feel like, Lucy, now we need to go to you so you can sell your offer from the NHS. And again, let's focus just for the moment on degree apprenticeships. Uh, what's available? Um, so we've probably got over 50 different degree apprenticeships available now, obviously for clinical roles, but um, a lot of non-clinical in terms of leadership and management, cyber security. Um, so I think anything that young people are interested in, we've probably got a degree apprenticeship that would um, interest them. And for me, you know, it's a no-brainer why wouldn't you get your degree paid for and earn a salary instead of coming out of university with endless debt and not necessarily a job and what we're finding is that a lot of NHS trusts are scaling back their grad programs and actually going for the degree apprenticeship route because those people are getting to put the skills and experience they're learning in university into the workplace straight away and in some fast-moving industries like cyber security or IT we're finding that grads come out and what they learn in the first year is now out of date so they're employer has to upskill them so I think that's a real game changer in terms of the degree apprenticeship because you can make sure you're at the cutting edge and that your skills are up to date yeah that's interesting actually some people will inevitably say hang on a sec I mean particularly from a patient perspective I don't want someone who's basically a student involved in taking care of me in whatever shape or form on the NHS 
how do you but that's the case as it is you know with traditional with traditional routes that is exactly the case but they're just unpaid and we have a really high dropout rate because it's not survivable so I think you know there's been a lot of misinformation in the press recently um and you know it's really disappointing because we're getting high profile but it's inaccurate information the latest was around the medical doctor and the headlines were that the young people were going to bypass medical school and be straight on the wards so obviously that's not the case they're going to do the exact same medical degree be under the same regulation by the GMC um, but actually just be getting paid to study I think that's just the key difference Um, there's a lot of misinformation that degree apprenticeships are kind of the lower route or an easier route but in my mind I think that's completely wrong because actually you need to be academic because you're going to be working full-time and doing a degree so it's definitely not the easy route. So do you both find that you're still fighting traditional perceptions of apprenticeships in your organisations? 100% and also in life you know I'm a mum of a 13 year old and a 16 year old Um, my middle daughter is doing her GCSEs at the moment and she's exploring all options next she doesn't know what she wants to do so she's applied to six forms to colleges and even apprenticeships and when she told her head teacher that the head teacher there was a sharp intake of breath and she said oh no you're far too clever to do an apprenticeship um and you know that is really did you really go and talk to her did you have words lucy well yeah my daughter is very much like me and said uh you don't know my mum and so now i've been booked in to do careers talks but you know to be fair the head teacher did approach me then and was like wow you know i had no idea but that's she crazy isn't it that head teachers yeah. who should be the ones who have access to all this information um are, are not still up to date really with 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 what's fully available in the world of apprenticeships yeah, it is criminal. And I think, you know, for some, especially from young people from underserved communities, the traditional route in terms of taking out finance and, and getting loans and having to support themselves, it's unobtainable. Um, and that's why we're so excited about the medical doctor, because for us, it's, you know, there's a pilot, it's only going to be 200 initially, but that's 200 young people that couldn't have afforded to study via the traditional route. And we're going to get 200 more doctors that we urgently need at the end of the programme. And Grace, actually, that's really important for the Met Police. You mentioned representation, diversity. Um, Do you find that you're getting a better, broader mix of candidates coming through on apprenticeships? Yes, 100%. Um, We are definitely seeing a lot more diversity coming through. So with my team, our job is to specifically go out into the communities so uh, to try and get their representation because previously... Um, we just noticed that, you know, um, our work uh, was uh, like, you know, our colleagues were not as representative of um, of London as they should have been. So by working with um, communities and also having the degree apprenticeship, we're opening ourselves up to a lot more people who bring in different skills and also different uh, qualities as well. So I think it's, it's, it's a really exciting opportunity for us within the Met. Can't ignore the fact that the Met has had some image problems, to put it mildly, Grace, recently, particularly in relation to um, how it serves women. Are you finding that you're having to battle through that a bit to, to change perceptions about what it might have to offer? We definitely have had, you know, our issues within the Met as quite evident in the press and everything. Um, so we are having to um, just go out into the communities and just, you know, answer those questions, but also encouraging more women to join uh, because people's experiences are different. We've got like, for instance, the um, the network of women 
which basically support women coming into the organization so that we are representative. We've also got schemes such as the Met Babies, which supports people, like women coming into the organization should they have a baby. We've also got uh, schemes such as flexible working and part-time working as well, which would then offer women if they're coming in and then they s- decide to have families as well. So we are trying to... Uh, cater more to women and just try to make the organization a lot more representative. And with the network of women as well, they hold the Met into account in terms of making those changes to ensure that women feel welcomed into the organization and also they don't feel less than, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you would be confident in saying to a young woman today, the Met is a good place for you to, to, to pursue your career. Yes, I would be confident in saying that, to be honest with you. Like, I've been in the Met for four years. I have not encountered any issues. But like I mentioned, everyone's experience is different. But in a way, if they do support the staff associations, they are there to support women and ensure that women are treated fairly and also ensure that they get that support to be able to climb up the ranks. Uh, We had our first female commissioner, which is, you know, that in itself is pretty amazing. Um, in 2017 up until 2022. So I think we're definitely making some inroads within the organization where we're seeing women in roles that were traditionally um, male-dominated roles, such as firearms, such as mounted branch, such as task force. We're seeing a lot more women and we're also seeing a lot more women in high-ranking management board level roles. Um, So yeah, no, it's a really exciting opportunity at the moment for women to join the Met. So we've talked about degree apprenticeships and there is a lot of interest in those and a lot of buzz around them, of course, particularly, as you say, with the high rate of um, financial pressure and stress that comes with going down a conventional degree route. But let's not forget all levels of apprenticeships are really important and valuable and often a route to progression as well. So, you know, let's start at, at, at level two at that sort of entry point, Lucy. Um can you tell us a bit about the opportunities there and and how young people or career changes are supported in uh, coming into an organisation like the NHS? Yes, so for us, it's really important um, to have uh, apprenticeships available at all levels. Um, and the level two, level three entry routes are really, really important. For example, for the level twos, if a young person didn't get quite the grades they needed at maths and English, or the level two will give them the opportunity to retake the maths and English as functional skills. So that's a definite stepping stone rather than being made to stay in school and just keep retaking GCSEs to do a more vocational program might be better for them. And I think that's crux of some of the problems is actually you know I used to work in a college and we had people that would just retake maths and English GCSE until they were too old to fund and who is that benefiting but if they went on to an apprenticeship and suddenly the maths and English was related to carpentry or to BMI and metrics and weighing babies or whatever it might be suddenly they were getting over those blockers so yeah we have done a lot of work on we call them job families and we have career pathways within those job families that start at level two go up to master's level for some profession but at each of those career pathways you can join at any time based on your previous skills and experience so yeah I would definitely say consider that um competition for the degree apprenticeships is really high so what we do say is sometimes maybe look at a level three or level five program if you're ex- if you're interested in nursing for example um you could come and, in as a level sorry. three health and, and Lucy, just yeah. to stop you there just because there'll be some people who actually aren't familiar with what all the levels mean so can you just give us a sort of rough idea of what equivalents are level two level three level five 
Um, so level two is equivalent to GCSE level, really. Um, and I think level three is equivalent to A levels. Level five would be foundation degree level. And obviously then level six is your traditional degree. So I think there's a lot with these career pathways, there's lots of different routes available. So if you have done GCSEs, but don't want to stay on for A level, you can look for a level two or a level three program. If you've done your A levels, you could potentially look for a foundation degree program. So there's so much opportunity. But I think the real challenge is that a young person or parent trying to navigate this as you say is not necessarily going to understand how it all works yeah it's trying to understand it isn't it so that you can pitch the right kind of entry point for, for you or for your child and, and where is if you don't have anyone who works in the health service you may have no sort of familiar touch point to, to go to for advice on this so where is the best place to navigate all this information so we've got a fantastic website called NHS Careers. So that will detail uh, the 350 different jobs available, not just apprenticeships. Obviously, there's direct entry recruitment programs as well. So definitely have a look at NHS Careers. And we've also got um, a website called Healthcare Apprenticeship Standards Online, HASO for short. And again, um, I know with young people, with my young people, they just don't know what they want to do. So sometimes um, a quiz is a really good opportunity. You talk about what things you enjoy and then it will recommend potential roles for you so I think that's definitely a good tool to check out because yeah if you don't know what you want to do but you know what subjects you do enjoy at school then actually it will give you some suggestions about your next steps. Yeah because hands up here who knew what they wanted to do at 15 or 16. I didn't. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't. Well, I did. I wanted to be a journalist. I did a media degree. And the only time I've ever used my degree is when I had to produce my certificate for this job because I had to have a degree, any degree. It didn't really matter. So well, maybe this I is your little to, like, entry point into that now. direction, Lucy. You never know. You never yep. know. <laughs> you speak brilliantly. You both speak brilliantly about it. Um, and, and Grace, again, just back to um, away from degree apprenticeships, other opportunities at um, more entry point levels, what's available in the Met? Um, so we've got um, the Met Gateway programme. So this is uh, for those that do not have the qualifications. And for this programme, um, people must have just five GCSEs, uh, this including English. And then what they could do is for 35 weeks, they will be uh, getting trained at the MET training centres. And then once they've done done that, they could then go on to a degree apprenticeship. And then we've also got the initial police learning uh, development programme. So this programme is basically a programme that's run at MED training centres in Hendon, Marlow House and Sidcup. So this programme is basically essentially for the first year, it's like a classroom based training. But it's also vocational training where they will then get an opportunity to actually put all their learning in the classroom to the actual job as well. So that's another opportunity. And then like I mentioned, we've also got access to policing program as well, which we um, which we have that is gonna be run by some of our partner colleges as well, which includes um, West Thames College, um, City and Islington College as well. Apologies, I can't remember the rest of the uh, colleges off the top of my head, but there's so many opportunities and they are spotted across London as well. Um, so people can find the local colleges within their areas. Outside of that as well, we've got some entry-level roles, uh, police staff roles as well, if people are not interested in frontline. So they could do, you know, some admin-type roles. Uh, they could also do, like, communications roles, like for the 999-101 call handlers as well. Uh, they could do uh, LDSS roles, which are, like, admin roles supporting police officers. So there's a range of different opportunities Um 
if I were to go through the website, you'd literally see so many opportunities. So if anyone is interested in, you know, having a look at those opportunities, all they need to do is just go on the Met Careers website, go on police staff, and they'll be able to just scroll through the different roles because they cover IT, media, um, commercial, etc. So there's a range of different roles within the Met. For uh, They literally cater to anyone and everyone, to be honest with you. And is there any way of getting like a little taster of the kind of work environment that policing offers or the NHS, Grace, first of all? So we have got what we call ride along. So if people are interested in actually spending a shift with an officer that could come on board on a ride along scheme, this is a good opportunity for them to actually speak to officers and also experience, you know, the different scenarios that they have to deal with on a day to day basis. They could spend a whole shift with them or they could spend like half a shift or even quarter of a shift, whatever they prefer. It's honestly the most amazing feeling. This is also open to parents as well if they want to check it out before oh. their children actually apply. Um, it's a great opportunity. It's literally open to everyone. Um, and again, we also have work experience as well. So for those that might not necessarily be 17, 18 as yet, they could also do a work experience. I know within the area that I work in, we are hosting a work, work experience uh, for Uxbridge College, I believe, in the next few weeks. So that should be really, really exciting. And again, that's that's another opportunity for people to get a taster of what we do. Myself and my team, we run what we call insight sessions. So insight sessions are basically where we go over the pathways, the recruitment process. We also talk about the different support that we have to offer on the job as well. So again, that's a great opportunity. We have a list of dates and stuff. Again, I'm happy to share that with you, Rachel, so you can have it on the website. We'll definitely point people to your websites. We'll make sure that that um, information is available with this podcast. And what about for you, Lucy? Because I see you nodding along. Is there Are there similar opportunities in the NHS? Definitely very similar. Um, each of the NHS trusts will have a work experience lead and a web page. So um, people can obviously apply via that. But also we do know that sometimes, you know, competition for work experience is really fierce. And something that we developed during COVID was a day in the life video. So on the NHS careers website, there's a good range of different day in the life of a paramedic, of a podiatrist, occupational therapist. So it really would give that young person um, an overview of the realities of that role. So um, I think that's a good alternative to look at those as well. Yeah. As you say, sometimes it's just about opening your eyes up to something that you may never have considered before. You may not have a family member who works in that area. You may have no direct experience. So it's just being able to peel back the curtain, isn't it? And, and, and see, see what it's like, um, the nuts and bolts of it day to day. And you've mentioned, I do want to talk about this, um, buddy schemes and support during apprenticeships. So Grace, do do you want to tell us how you manage, um, particularly, you know, young people through what can be quite an intimidating experience going into a big organisation like the Met? Yes, 100%. I'm happy to talk uh, you through it. So in terms of like our Met Buddy scheme, it was developed because we noticed, particularly from underrepresented groups, a lot of people did not have any family or friends that were actually coming from a policing background. Um, so this was developed to support them when they join the job so that they don't feel lost in the organization. So on offer, they will be they'll have like a mentor who will be supporting them, guiding them and just being there for them. So they'll have that mentor from day one when they join. They'll have the opportunity to 
have set meetings, but they also have their mentor's number. So they could just give them a call. There's also support for those people that are coming through our degree apprenticeship as well to help them with their coursework because we want to ensure that everyone gets through that process um, so that people don't feel intimidated because it's quite a big jump from like, let's say college and school to going into a degree apprenticeship program. Because I remember when I was doing my degree, it was intimidating. I can only imagine like coming into the police service what you know someone who's 18 must be thinking so by having that person supporting them through the process that will then help them outside of that as well um we have staff support associations so staff support associations we have about i think about 20 of them and basically they are um they are so for instance we have like the black police association we've got like the network of women um the disability staff association uh, the LGBT network. So we've got a range of them and they cater to different um, protected characteristics such as sex, gender, race, religion. So this is opening it up to everyone uh, from different communities and culture as well. But the support is definitely out there to ensure that they uh, go through that process and don't feel intimidated. And are there similar sort of structures in place in the NHS, Lucy? Yes, definitely. So um, our advice to trust is always for um, the apprentice to have a buddy mentor as well as their line manager. And we found that really, really works well. And similar to uh, Grace and the Met Police, for us, it's really important that our workforce represents the communities we serve. So again, we've also got a lot of staff networks and that additional support. Um, We realise, you know, in terms of diversity, people aspire to what they can see. So we do really have a big emphasis on making sure that there are role models, um, certainly from those protected characteristics for people to kind of aspire and be mentored by well look I just want to leave because it's been absolutely fascinating and a real eye-opener for me and I hope for everyone who's listening as well I just want to leave with a a final thought from both of you if if anyone if, if a child if a teenager if an older adult thinking about making a career change if a parent or carer is listening I'm thinking maybe NHS maybe police what would you say to to encourage them to Give it a go, Grace, first of all. So I would say, please, please do come and join us. Prior to even encouraging your child to join, come and do our ride along. Come and speak to one of my one of our teams as well. We've got so many teams available within the Met, particularly the outreach teams. You could come with your child to our insight sessions where you can actually hear about the recruitment process how they are going to feel and be treated when they join the Met, what support is available for them to ensure that they have a great experience whilst doing the job as well. And also what support is available for them just in case when dealing with different scenarios, etc. So please, please do reach out to our team. And like um, Rachel had mentioned, she's going to provide links. I want to send her uh, a few links and please do reach out to us and we'll be more than happy to support you. And um, yeah, and answer all your questions. The information is out there. What about you, Lucy? Um, I would say 100% go for it. You know, your NHS needs you. Um, you don't necessarily have to be going into a patient frontline role. Um, so there's just huge opportunities. Um, and we really need kind of skill sets and a mixture of diversity in our organisation. So, yeah, just explore the opportunities. Have a look at the day in life. Maybe arrange some work experience. But, yeah, 100% just go for it. 
Well, I've loved talking to you both. I really have. Thank you so much, uh, Lucy and Grace, representing NHS England and the Met uh, Police, respectively. And if you have questions that you would like us to answer, you can find Amazing Apprenticeships on social media. That's Amazing at UK or Not Going to Uni, which is again at Not Going to Uni. Uh, just use the hashtag Parent Perspective. Thank you for listening. Yeah.